With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Oboe Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. Ah. I'm like, eh, I, ju- I just got home like 14 minutes ago. I was like working on other stuff and eating. So this is what we get. <laughs> this is what you get, Internet. You're just going to have to have Power Rangers again. Deal with it. Yeah, you get me, Jonathan. And me, Lauren. And you get us, Glib Shark. Uh, you can catch Jack Edithel here next week instead of Lauren. Because I have Lauren, an Easter gig. All the Easter gigs ever. But first, <laughs> as always, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy here to do a little something we call This Week in Geek. How are you doing, Oboe? I'm very, very tired. I do not have every Easter gig ever of all time because that would be crazy. I do plan on eating at least one Cadbury cream egg, though, and I am kind of looking forward to, to playing it because Easter music and I'll... I'll talk about this later. Easter music has some of the best titles of pieces of all time. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the X-Files. Okay, we're going to talk about the X-Files as if it were a children's book. Because it is. That's right. Are you missing X-Files in your life? Do you have a small child? Would you like your small child to enjoy the X-Files, but not necessarily show them the real X-Files, which can actually be kind of terrifying and give them nightmares? Well, publisher Quirk Books will be releasing a children's book starring kid versions of Fox Mulder and Dana Scully doing some detective work while camping in the backyard. That's right, the show that I watched as a adult is now a children's book for all of my friends who have children. And no, I'm not old. I'm not. Not old. Entertainment Weekly revealed the X-Files, Earth Children Are Weird, features illustrations by Kim Smith, and the young version of Scully's convinced there's a rational explanation for the weird lights and sounds that they suddenly start experiencing. Well, of course, pint-sized Mulder insists that aliens are responsible for disturbing their campout. You can actually pre-order this adorable little book for about $13 on Amazon, but it doesn't come out until August 27th. So you've got a little bit of time before it comes out. And a couple of the, the images that I have seen, they are kind of cute. And hey, why not? Why not children's books of the X-Files? Uh, you know, we'll get Cancer Man and Alex Krychek and all of our favorite. No, probably not. I have no segues for any of these things that I'm going to talk about. So let's just barrel into it. Maple syrup may help prevent the apocalypse. What? Kind of. <laughs> okay, so 
There are about 2 million Americans each year who suffer from bacterial diseases that are resistant to antibiotics. And uh, 23,000 die every single year. And these are numbers according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we've been hearing about antibiotic-resistant bacterial infections for a while now. The antibacterial uh, apocalypse, essentially, when all of a sudden none of our antibiotics are going to work anymore and things that you're supposed to be doing. Well, a lot of scientists have been trying to figure out what do we do about this? So they've been looking into a healthy chemical that can be found in an abundance in maple syrup because Canadians are awesome. They're called phenols and they significantly increase the effectiveness of some of the most common antibiotics, especially against those kind of bacterial diseases that are normally resistant. Maple syrup is sugar and nutrient laced tree blood. That's right. It's awesome tree blood. And it's full of these phenols, which actually are also in wine. So if you've got any friends who are just like, drink wine every night because it's healthy for you, uh, phenols are wine. The Canadian scientists extracted phenols out of a commercial maple, maple syrup, mixed them with antibiotics, and went on a fly and bacteria killing spree and found that, hey, the maple syrup actually helped. In tests, they found that it killed more bacteria than the stuff without. Uh, the research will try mice next, and their press release can be read in its entirety, uh, according to the American Chemical Society. Uh, the team presented its research yesterday to the 253rd American Chemical Society National Meeting and Exposition in San Francisco, which sounds like a barrel of laughs, alongside an entire day of maple syrup-related research, which includes using maple syrup to reduce the chronic inflammation and neurodegeneration, its effects on obesity and the bacteria in the gut, and more. Because if you're Canadian, you want to tell everybody about how awesome maple syrup is. So if you have a chance... Go drink some maple syrup. It'll do you good. Or maybe go read the research paper and see what they're actually doing with science. Don't actually drink maple syrup. Or at least if you do, put it on YouTube, because that's kind of a thing. Finally, Marvel has had a weird last couple of days. So a couple of days ago, a higher up at Marvel, I think an actual Marvel executive, basically said that the reason that Marvel's numbers were declining is because there's been a whole bunch of diverse books. And so it's because of all the not white people and all of the not men. Uh, these, so yeah, Marvel's vice president of sales, in fact, David Gabriel, he basically said that uh, what we heard is that people didn't want any more diversity. We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new, our female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. Now, all of Marvel's books have been lagging a bit. Uh, there have been a steady decline for some time now, but it's basically across the board, whether it's a straight white guy or not. Now, that statement sucks for anybody to put out there. It sucks especially to put that out there a couple of days before the 2017 Hugo Awards, which are basically the Oscars for sci-fi and fantasy writing. Those finalists were just announced, and the Black Panther and Miss Marvel series were both nominated for Best Graphic Story. That's right. Two of the reasons that the vice president of sales thinks that Marvel isn't doing well are the reasons that the Hugo Awards think that they're awesome. So 
I don't know what you could really do about this. Obviously, if they're going to get critical acclaim, that's going to help. But, you know, unless people are buying the books, there's not much you can do. Um, definitely go out to your local comic book store and pick up these collections. They're obviously awesome because the Hugo Awards are are basically going to are, are nominating them for their most prestigious awards. And I think it's it's time that a lot of us put our money where our mouth is. We we all want to see not the same people doing the same stuff over and over and over again. We want to see a diverse cast of characters in all ways, shapes and forms. And money is the only thing that people who are actually making things are interested in. So go and prove the vice president of sales wrong. Go and buy a Black Panther book or a, a Ms. Marvel book because they're awesome. And also because you want to support diversity. That's all for this week in Geek. I'm Obo Crazy, and excuse me, I have to go drink some maple syrup. The world is indeed a strange and super bacterial place, and not the kind of super that you get in comic books. More like the super that kills you. But yeah. if you have a fact that you want read live and on the air, hit up Obo Crazy on Twitter at obocrazy. Oh, no, just at obocrazy. It's not obocrazy.com. Come on. No. Actually, it is obocrazy.com. You can, you can go to obocrazy.com, but do, do at obocrazy or go to obocrazy.com. I own them there all. There is no amalgamation of at obocrazy.com. That's not even a thing. Don't even try. But <laughs> get her that fact when if she likes it, if she thinks it's awesome, if it's geeky, she will read it live and on the air. Okay. I have a completely different topic I want to jump right into. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, live news from my wonderful husband, who is currently stuck at his job because his job sucks. They brought in bagels, which is nice. They okay. brought in cream cheese with these bagels, which is expected. It is a vegan alternative cream cheese. Now, this is all I know. Okay. Uh, this is literally all I know is my husband has informed me they brought in bagels with vegan alternative cream cheese. And he says, not sure what to think of that. So I said, well, you should try it and then tell me what you think of that. So now, Jonathan, I put this unto you. What is vegan alternative cream cheese? Because isn't cream cheese just the least vegan thing ever? Uh, well, I'm, that is now the title of this show. So. <laughs> vegan alternative cream cheese or just yes, the least ve vegan thing ever? <laughs> no, vegan alternative cream cheese is the name of this show. Uh I, I guess it's, I mean, obviously it's for people who want the cream cheese experience, but don't want any animal Cow. suffering on their, on their conscience or, or I'm like, it could be dietary. It's not always a moral or mm -hmm. economic choice, like not wanting to support that, uh, that industry. I don't, I like, I would have to try it. Yeah. Like if it was good. I don't know that I would take it over cream cheese. It would depend. Like if it's if it's delicious, then I would I would maybe consider it as as a diabetic. Some of those things are are things that might be beneficial to me. I try and cut corners when I can uh, as far as like, hey, this is sort of like this, but not really. And and that's worked out pretty well. But so it had to be delicious and healthier for me because that's. I have noticed that with both vegetarian and vegan food, because I've, I've tried a bunch of it, because, yeah, if it's healthier, then yay, why not, if it tastes good. Um, there's actually quite a few veggie burgers out there that I really enjoy. Um, the best ones, in my opinion, tend to be the ones that don't try to taste like meat. They just try to taste good. 
uh, especially like portobello mushroom ones. But like, they're not always healthier. They're just, okay, this doesn't have any meat products or this doesn't have any, it doesn't have anything except vegetables in it. But that doesn't necessarily make it healthy. I mean, depending on how it's it's made. And I'm a little worried. I, I get even more worried about stuff that is trying to emulate things that are 100% the thing you're not supposed to have as a vegan, like uh, cheese. I don't understand how you can have a cheese substitute vegan thing. That seems that that seems con- con- contradictory to everything that I like about cheese. It's good living, or at least vegan living, via chemistry. It really is like these are these are like uh, from from what I understand a lot of times it's like shaped flavored tofu yeah. or something else. It, like I, I get so a lot of these vegan alternatives are so fucking artificial. Yeah, that it it seems like if it, I guess it de- like I said it depends on why you're vegan. Like if you're vegan because you want all natural shit then a lot of the, like, vegan substitute things are definitely not up your alley. I, I could sort of see some things like bean burgers. That's mashed up beans that you grill. Yeah. And, and then season up. That's fine. I mean, that's just mashed beans. It's not, like, super processed or anything. But other things, and I know I, I'm guilty of this because I eat those uh, protein bars, like the like the Atkins protein bars. I'll have them for, like, snacks or, like, an emergency breakfast or something like that. Yeah. Those have so much chemical shit in them. On the other hand, they are good for me because they, they have tons of protein, and they are more or less diabetic-friendly, way more diabetic-friendly than, like, a something from McDonald's for breakfast or, yeah. or something like that. I am I am all for artificial stuff as long as it ends up being healthy artificial stuff. I mean, there unfortunately there's a, a big stigma because of the fact that most of the most of the time when you look at the stuff in your food, yeah, you know, high fructose corn syrup is not good. Sugar is at least better for you, but it's still not good. Um I'm totally for artificial everything as as long as it's healthy and good for me. I'm I'm totally 100% for um they were doing those experiments where they were growing meat in a lab. They were trying to like recreate hamburger. We've talked about it on this week in geek although it's it's been a little while. Um like sure, I'm totally for that. If we want to cut out the cow and just go straight to the steak, I'm 100% for that as long as it's safe to eat and tastes good. But it, it, uh, some things just it it just it's weird. It's very weird. I yeah, don't know. I, vegan I alternative. I'll be interested to see what Luke has to say. Yeah, I I would love a review of that because mm. I mean, like like I said, I I'm for this stuff if it's good. It's one one of the reasons why I love hummus is because I mean, one, it is a great food for diabetics, but two, it's fucking delicious. It is delicious, and yeah. there's lots of different ways you can go about it, like. Carrots aren't great for me, but I could have celery with it. I could have other uh, peppers. Peppers are really good to have with hummus for me. Hmm. I know I'm talking about this diet, and I am have actually been really bad about it. So medical history of, of Jonathan real quick, or the recent medical history. It turns out some of the means by which you can control your diabetes are too good. Wait, what? 
I have slipped hardcore off my diet. Like, hardcore. Okay. And my numbers are all great. Okay. It's, so, early, so early on in my treatment, my numbers were terrible. Like, like, oh, God, how are you alive kind of numbers. Oh, shit. So uh, they, they went full nuclear on the treatment. We tried a lot of, we tried a few different things, and that ended up bringing me down to where I needed to be. So for maintenance, since I responded well to that treatment, that opened up lots of other options, including a, a drug that I take weekly rather than daily insulin injections. Mm. And so that's, I've been doing that for probably two months now, and it's really, really good. Like... I, I kind of freak out when I take that weekly injection, but like the the other stuff that I'm taking, it has controlled things really well. So hmm. I can have a meal like I just had, a burger and fries, which is so not a diabetic meal. <laughs> so not. It's not really and a tomorrow, meal for anybody in any No, it's not plan. a meal for anyone. But tomorrow, my blood sugars are going to be just fine. Hmm. I and love modern science. Modern science is amazing. That said, I should probably stay on my diet for just normal diet reasons. Like, not just the diabetic ones, but the just, hey, don't be fat reasons. <laughs> so, and, and I am working on it. I, I am trying to drop a little bit of weight uh, for RTX. Uh, I do plan on cosplaying at RTX. I will, Ooh. I will let people know closer to the day. Uh, but that Saturday before... But that Saturday, uh, I should be able to to be wandering around with a costume. Nice. Which hopefully, we will have Dungeons and Dragons drunks later that night. But this this costume doesn't have anything to do with Dungeons and Dragons and drunks. It's actually an Overwatch costume. Very cool. I'll be looking forward to that. I'm also on the I would like to lose weight, do not be fat gravy train. Haha. <laughs> but uh -huh. it, it's mostly for history health reasons. Although you know, I'm not I'm not in a bad I'm not in a bad shape. I am. I need to lose a little bit more weight. I've been slowly losing weight over the last uh, 15 years or so. Um, I just, I would like to lose a little bit more just to kind of get into the comfortable portion of healthy for my age and stature. Um, mm -hmm. I'm never going to be thin. It's not going to happen. I, I look at my family and my family history. I, I look at my history. I'm never going to be Calista Flockhart. And that's okay. I, I don't mind. But I want to be healthy. And I'm, right. I'm, oh, I'm so close. I'm, I am so super close to being in the healthy weight range. So I am, I'm doing lots of treadmill. Yeah. One of the things that I think a lot of people miss about diets is how important diets are. Like... I, I fall into this fallacy all the time. I, I actually just did with the said burger and fries. But I got that because I was super hungry. I was right by a Sonic. And I just come from working out. And that, like, it, it's easy for me to say this, but it's not as easy for me to not actually do this. The whole food is a reward thing. I do that mm -hmm. to myself a lot. I, I, I say, hey, you just worked out. All right, you get burger and fries. No, that's not how that works. Because... The most important thing of about losing weight is staying on diet. You can work out tons and and I, I say I say losing weight in the losing fat. Like I, I'm sort of like you based on my stature and based on uh, how I'm built. I won't 
ever actually lose that much weight. I can, but it's just not going to happen. It, I'm not going to get down below certain levels because I also have a ton of muscle. Mm. So that is going to contribute a lot to my weight. I can still lose quite a bit. I, I, I There is a lot to lose, but it's like my, my body mass index or whatever is never going to be like what it's supposed to be. Yeah, if I have a choice dur- during a day in where I can either stick to my diet or cheat a little bit of my diet and get on the treadmill, and I try to do both. I try to stick to my diet and get on the treadmill every single day. Um, it is much better to stick to the diet and forego the treadmill because not having the 250 calorie whatever that's going to make you feel a little better, I mean – the amount of time you have to exercise to burn that off is insane. Or you can just say no and stay under your caloric intake and have a healthy diet and you will lose weight. That I have I have empirically proven that. Now I've been getting on the treadmill and doing exercises to help um, encourage the weight gain in certain places and also to tone up a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm old. I ain't going to be gaining a lot of muscle mass. But... You know, if I can sculpt a little bit, that would be nice. So we'll see what happens. I've I've been able to get off of the food as a reward thing. My problem is the six o'clock and after. My problem is I get home and if I'm busy, if I'm doing things, I'm 100% okay. But when it gets to the point of the day that I actually get to relax a little bit or sit or anything, the moment that I'm just relaxing or especially if I'm relaxing by watching silly YouTube videos or, you know, the few times that I actually sit down to watch like a, a, a show, that's when I want something to eat. That's when I, I want munchies while I'm watching things. And that's, that can be super dangerous because I also have a giant stomach that has no limits. And Luke has rarely seen me go all out on food because it's, I could eat us out of house and home. Um, but yeah, I, I have one of those iron stomachs that can just pretty much take anything. So I have to be super careful because if I sit down, if I'm not careful about portion control, I can blow through, let's say, an entire box of Girl Scout cookie Thin Mints in about 10 minutes. I have no idea what you're talking about yeah. because that a serving size for me used to be a sleeve. I, yeah. I remember, uh, the actually, the, it was the last time we bought Girl Scout cookies, which was many, many years ago, because I said, we can't buy these because I will eat the whole box. And Luke went, oh, you, you can't eat this whole box. That's ridiculous. And then we went home and we played some challenge video games. Ex- challenge fucking accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to, but he broke open a bottle of wine and we were playing some video games. And the next thing I know, I'd eaten the entire box of Girl Scout cookies. And the sad thing for me is because my Porsche control is bad. I could have kept on eating. That's just how I am. So so for me, it's less about uh, reward versus just abject. It's in front of me. I will eat it, especially if it's chocolate. But I mean, I'm a woman. That's what's going to happen. We should get off the subject of food because it is... Uh, pretty much <laughs> We're not doing time. ourselves any uh, any favors here. No, I still have many, many hours before bed. So I would like to not be hungry the whole time. Or at least wishing that I had stuff to stuff in my face. Um, 
but yeah, Easter is another one of those holidays that getting past all of the chocolate every single time I go to the store, that's difficult. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those holidays where right after the holiday with all of the like on sale candy, it's, yep. it's going to be rough. It's yeah. going to be really rough. Yeah, it always is. But, you know, we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. It'll be okay. I will not be buying Cadbury cream eggs to put in the freezer for later because those are my favorite thing ever of all time. I know there are a lot of people who don't like those. They say that they're too sugary. I don't. I, I don't. I, I So when I was a kid, I I was so weird. Like, I just in general, I was a weird kid. And one of the weirder things I did was I would watch – Well, and I guess this isn't too weird. Lots of kids do this. But you see something on TV and you're like – Oh, I want that. Yeah. And for toys, for whatever. And I would, every year, I would see a commercial for Cadbury cream eggs. And they looked good. And I'm like, I want one of those. And every other year, I would insist to the point where my mom was like, fine, I'm going to get you one of those. But you're not going to like it. I'm like, no, I'm going to like it this time. I say it this time. Every fucking time I would be like, oh, my God, this is too sweet. And I couldn't finish it every uh. time. And yet, as stupid, weird kid me, I kept trying until like I, I don't even know. Remember when the last time I tried to have one was. But I'm hoping that at that point, oh, I, I'm not hoping I clearly learned my lesson at that point because I have not had another single one of those fucking things since then. You are not the first person to tell me about the, a similar story. And I just, I love it so much. Though I'd crack one open and just the, the inside, the gooey, like crazy sugary center makes me so happy. But I also like marzipan and other super sugary things. So maybe that's just me. I had a friend once who baked me a cake that included Cadbury cream eggs in it. And it was the, I think... People got diabetes just looking at the cake. It was that sugary. And it was my favorite thing ever of all time. She actually like took the interior of a whole bunch of Cadbury cream eggs and cooked them into the cake and then put a whole bunch of, you know, they make those little tiny ones, which I don't understand why you would do that because there's less of the sugary stuff. I want yolk. Just give me, get rid of the chocolate and just give me like a tub of the, we're supposed to get off of food and I've failed miserably we, at this. Yeah, we, we failed pretty fucking miserably. Yeah. When is Easter? Uh, it is I can look this up. Fifteenth. I, I can. I, I. I can have it right here. It's the sixteenth of April. It is actually okay. at a reasonable time this year. Yeah. I. So, for those who have watched the show before, you may remember that I had lost my wallet during a screening of Logan, and when I went back to go try and find my wallet at the movie theater, I. I said a little thing to God, saying, "Hey, if I find my wallet, then ah. I will go to Easter Mass." So that's in two weeks, yeah, uh, or actually a week from Sunday. It's I coming think. up. Yep. When yep. I am going to go back to church, which isn't a huge deal for me. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not an atheist, but I'm also not a great Catholic. I'm also not really agnostic. I, I've got, I'm, I'm sort of nebulous in my beliefs in divinity, but, um, but regardless, I I have not been to church in a long time. Hmm. So this is going to be the first in in a while. So Easter Sunday, I have the day off, but Holy Thursday and Good Friday, I will be performing both of those days because 
the one of the orchestras I play at with, they they basically have this really nice deal with a, a very large church in town. Uh, it's one of those churches that's like a church and community center, and mm-hmm. they're one of their main. I mean, I guess it would be where they actually hold church services, but it is it almost looks more like a small concert hall. And then every once in a while, when we go into rehearse, they just haven't taken the cross down. Like they basically built a concert hall in the middle of their church. And then they also hold church services there. So one of the orchestras I play with, we have our rehearsals and concerts there. And it's a really nice venue. It is uh, right in the middle of kind of the east side of Seattle. It is, uh, it's got plenty of parking. It, it The church itself is, it, it really feels more like you're going into a community center. So it, it doesn't, you know, weird people out who might have things against going to an actual church. And basically they offer us an amazing deal to be there and one of the few things that we do is then we play their Easter gig, essentially. So we put on this uh, Holy Thursday and a Good Friday concert for them. Uh, so next week, I just have rehearsals out the wazoo. And Easter is harder to do gigs for than Christmas because just the feeling of Easter. Easter is a more serious holiday. I mean, I know there are a lot of ways you can take Easter and what happened in the Bible at Easter and and how you spin it. Um, But I've always enjoyed Christmas a lot more as a, as a gigging musician who is being contracted to play for a church because Christmas just tends to have a very warm and joyful and peace on earth, goodwill towards men vibe while Easter can be harsh. So it's going to be an interesting couple of days, but eh, you know, that's my life. Well, we'll be playing some of the Sansant organ sonata or organ concerto because that's that's what everybody plays when you're in a church is you play organ music. And that is actually a really cool piece. So any chance to play that I, makes me pretty happy. Also, I get to tell everybody that despite the fact that I'm Jewish, I know what Holy Thursday and Good Friday is, which freaks people out tremendously. I, is that really that obscure of a thing? I don't know if it's obscure. Holy Thursday might. Holy Thursday is is definitely a deeper cut in Catholicism, but Good Friday, Good Friday seems like it at least be on the level of of let's say Jewish holidays. I would think so too. Um, but when I tell people about those two events, people are surprised that as a Jew I would know about them, and I'm and it's it's yeah I don't. I don't think that they're that, I mean, for living in America, which has such a preponderance of Christianity in a lot of daily life, as far as like, you know, Easter is a major holiday, Christmas is a major holiday, that kind of thing. When I tell people about, oh, you know, I'm doing this for for Holy Thursday and Good Friday, people are like, oh, you know about those things? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? So, oh, well. So that'll be my week next week. That's one of the reasons I won't be here next week is because I will be rehearsing. Lots and lots of Easter music. I'll probably be giving into Cadbury Cream Eggs next week. <laughs> so that's my week next week. You're going to Easter Sunday services, but are you doing anything else fun next week? No, I'm probably just gonna gonna make... I might make a ham. I might make a ham. Actually, that reminds me, a few years ago... 
Easter fell on April 20th. So it was 4 slash 20. I posted a tweet, one of my favorite tweets ever, where I posted a picture of a ham and I said, 420 glaze it. <laughs> it's so stupid. I, and like I said, this was a few years ago, but I still remember the 420 glaze it because I'm all about lame jokes. Why not? That, and that's fine. So every once in a while, although it won't happen again in my lifetime, uh, Easter falls on my birthday. And it's happened oh. a couple of times. Yes. Uh, it ha- it's happened a couple of times. I looked it up recently, actually. Luke and I looked it up because both of us have birthdays in April. Um, Easter won't, because of whatever crazy calendar reasons, it won't follow my birthday again pretty much in my lifetime. I think I'd have to live to 120-something in order to see that again. But it happened several times when I was young. And it sucks. Like, I'm not going to say that it's worse than having your birthday on Christmas Day, because I think that's even, that's got to super, super duper suck. But what's bad about having your birthday land on Easter is everyone gives you chocolate for your birthday. And even as a child, even as a admittedly fat child who could eat anything put in front of her, um, getting nothing but Easter candy for my birthday. I remember looking at the pile and the couple of Easter baskets and like the giant chocolate bunnies and going, this is this is crazy. This is way too much. I can't eat all of this. So, yeah. That was, those were interesting times. And, and I've had a couple of Easter, Easter's that have fallen close to my birthday. My 30th birthday fell. Uh, my birthday was on the Saturday and then Easter was on the Sunday. And I do remember spending the day after my 30th birthday seeing uh, 300 in the movie theater, in a very empty movie theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was slightly hungover. And <laughs> I needed to do something that day and I wanted to see 300 and no one wanted to see it with me. So I went to the movies by myself, slightly hungover and saw a whole bunch of oily men yelling for about two hours. It was great. Yeah. Yelling, lots of blood, uh, very accurate history. Oh, Such sure. accurate history. It was amazing history. I'm now fluent in that whole time period. Of, uh, like, I, I should be a doctor. Why in go to thing. school? Why listen to yeah. experts? <laughs> just go see the movies. Everything in the movies are, Every, are Everything in the movie true. is just fine, especially, especially 300. Mm-hmm. I will say that I, I did enjoy that movie for what it was, and it's a shame that, that that movie got Zack Snyder so much credit in Hollywood because mm. I... Obviously, there's some managerial problems over at DC. And yes, we're going to fucking rag on DC and their goddamn movies for a second again. But I can't help but think that a bunch of that is his fault. It's because Zack Snyder made a couple of good movies. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, let's just give him all these big tentpole movies that cost lots and lots of money and see what he does. And he's managed to fuck a bunch of them up. Mm. I don't know. I will say, so as long as we're talking about DC, I did see the most recent trailer for the Justice League. I guess it's a trailer. It's longer I have seen than a that minute. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. the one with uh, the, the, um... oh, what's that band? The White Stripes. The White yes. Stripes song. Yes. 
Um, the movie from the trailer looks kind of ridiculous. However, Jason Momoa looks like he's having the time of his life. And I kind of like that dude. Like him as a person. Everything I've ever heard about him as a person is that he is just an amazing, wonderfully kind, happy to be doing anything person. Like he's he's kind of the, the guy who realized, holy shit, I'm making a living doing this and this is the best thing ever of all time. Yeah. And and maybe that's just what I've read about him transferring over into this movie, but he looks like he's having a ball. And so I kind of just want to see it just to watch Jason Momoa having a ball being Aquaman. I, and I can't fault you with that. I, I really can't. And because I agree, I like Jason Momoa as well. I remember my first ex, uh, exposure to him was in Stargate Atlantis. Mind you. And he, did, and he did not play that character well. Like, he just kind of like, eh, I'm just going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. And maybe that's exactly what they were going for. But it didn't seem like he was trying very hard. <laughs> but you know what? I, I still liked it. I, and then he did, he's done other stuff. And when he was announced as Aquaman, I'm like, okay, I get that. I really do. Oh, Cal Drogo. He fucking yeah. nailed it as Cal Drogo. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, like, I, I get that. And I definitely see what you're talking about as far as Aquaman goes. And to be fair, aside from the really shitty writing and the, the, the whole, your, na- your mom's name was Martha. No, oh, okay. B- before I forget, there was actually a funny meme where, where it's Batman talking to Aquaman. He's like, what's your mother's name? And Aquaman goes, Aqua Martha. <laughs> and Batman's like, we just became best friends. Of course. Of course. So I, 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 I don't, I can't get excited for this movie. Even though I like Jason Momoa, I liked Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne and Batman. I, I just don't, I can't give it any faith. All the faith that I had was was taken away in Batman v Superman. It really was. Yeah. And then it was further taken away just as far as like the DC extended universe or cinematic universe or whatever they're calling it. That faith was also eroded by Suicide Squad. Mm. Really, it's on them to make a movie that I like. And does, so far that hasn't happened. Does the Wonder Woman mo- movie come out before or after Justice League? Do you remember? I don't remember, but we can look that up. Because of and, all of the single hero movies, as much as I've just crowed about Jason Momoa for forever and a day, uh, the Wonder Woman one is the only one that actually interests me as a movie. And I'm I'm slightly optimistic from what I've seen so far. Okay, so Wonder Woman comes out June 2nd. Uh, Justice League comes out November 17th. Okay. Right. So, so Wonder Woman does come out before that. Okay. So, at at the very least, we have the three main Justice League people getting introduced in their own movies before, before Justice League. But two of those movies sucked. Yeah. And one out of three is definitely bad, and that, and that's assuming Wonder Woman is any good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I agree. Um, but but here's some uh, some other fucked up stuff, and and <laughs> you'll see what I mean by this. 
So Batgirl has had a resurgence lately. Apparently, from, from everything I've heard, comic book Batgirl right now is amazing. Hmm. Like, she is, she is fun. She, her costume is uh, utilitarian and not sexy. Mm-hmm. She is smart and, and all this stuff. Like, she is a legit good female character, legit good character, period, in comic books right now. Okay. DC signed Joss Wheaton to make a Batgirl movie. Okay. You think that's fucked up? You're not? No? I think it's fucked up because it sounds good. It is nothing like oh. the rest of what DC is doing. It is actually a good decision. <laughs> and that's I can't wait nervous. to see like... how terrible it is because that's all DC does. Well, okay. Obviously, they don't want things to be terrible. Maybe there are people there who are now trying to make good decisions. Uh, and I think... I think... It's an excellent decision. It is. If there was anyone to make a Batgirl movie, it's Joss fucking Wheaton. And is I he think, directing or is he writing? I, I thought he was directing... Let me look here. Because honestly, I'd have a little more. I'd, I'm happy either way, but I I think the chances of that movie being good are better if he's the writer versus the director. Because I I think what you what we want out of those movies is exactly what you just described that you're getting out of the comic book. Uh, a smart character who's well written with a costume that's not overtly sexy who is uh, doing interesting things and he can he can deliver that i think there's still really good directors out there besides him now if he's doing both great awesome but i'd love to see him actually be the writer on that uh according to this uh, last week, Variety reported that Joss Whedon, the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and director of two Avengers movies for Marvel, was, quote, nearing a deal to direct a solo Batgirl film for DC and Warner Brothers. Uh, so what's the deal? Neither Whedon nor the studio have confirmed that the movie will happen. Yeah. So th- apparently there's there's two different things going on. Variety reported one thing, and then DC and uh, Joss Whedon are reporting another. Ah. So they haven't actually, they're probably not signed a deal yet. There's probably a lot of, of, of caveats on stuff like, you know, who the writer is going to be, who the main actress is going to be. When is it going to happen? I mean, this is, this sounds like it's, it's super early talks and where everybody involved is not allowed to say anything. And so are probably just denying everything until they can say yes. Right. Which is so SOP. Right. Oh, well, that's, that could be cool. It'd be interesting to see if that continues to be in the DC universe. I mean, it said standalone, but standalone just basically means it's not slated to be a trilogy or anything. But it'll be interesting to see if that changes and it turns into, oh, she's, you know, if they're really trying to go for the Marvel thing, then DC would hint at. Well, also, which which Batgirl are they doing? Are we talking about Barbara? New 52. New 52. New 52. I believe. Okay. Because like every other comic book character under the sun, there's 20 million versions. Right. I mean, it's there could be uh, Barbara Gordon that's Oracle, Barbara Gordon that's that's Batgirl, one of the other Batgirls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, from what I understand, they want to go with the new 52 Barbara Gordon Batgirl. All right. 
Hey, listen, I'm still upset that the um, the Spider-Man that they're going to have that they had in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't Miles Morales. Yeah, I think that was a re- that was a missed opportunity. I think yeah. we have, have had a ton of Peter Parker, and I think it, I think that would have been a great way for both uh, for both Sony and Marvel to have Spider-Man because <laughs> Peter Parker could have stayed with Sony, but then Miles Morales could have come over, and he would have been the the Spider-Man in the MCU. I think that, that was a big missed opportunity. That being said, I don't know the actor's name who actually ended up playing Spider-Man. He was fantastic. Tom Holland. Yes, Thank he was. Thank you. He was fantastic. He's British as fuck. Well, well, he, like most British people, can put on an amazing American accent because that's what they do, is they act. Oh, God, actors. Um, I would never... I am not a Spider-Man fan. I've seen one and a half of the movies, and now... The, the latest Marvel movie with him in it, he was good enough and that character was well-written enough to make me interested in seeing this new Spider-Man movie that's coming out. I don't know if I'll go opening weekend, but we'll see. I will. And based on Tom Holland's performance in in Civil War and kind of what how they want to treat that character, where they're putting him, like sort of parallel with the Avengers at first. I, I think that's good. I think it gives Spider-Man another, an opportunity to be Spider-Man. And we, and like that, that means he doesn't necessarily have to watch uncle Ben die again. Yeah. Like we're past that already. He's already Spider-Man. He's just transitioning from small time, low budget Spider-Man to infinity Dark wars enabled. yeah spider-man so you know part of the avengers part all of that so yeah. i i'm i'm looking forward to the movie because i think it'll be an interesting exploration of okay i got to i rolled with the avengers some of them and then i also fought against avengers some of them mm-hmm. now i have to go back to high school mm-hmm. i mean and, and that's very clear from the from the previews that that we saw that that was going to be a big theme and i think that's interesting i i want to see how that resolves yeah definitely and i he was excellent in that role and so that makes me interested in a character i never have been interested in before so we'll see uh unrelated unrelated sort of. are you a fan of rick and morty i am not and i know so, that's heresy for me to say it's not it, it's not necessarily heresy i I am a big fan of Rick and Morty. I like it because it is an extremely smart uh, show. It manages to to dabble in in sort of this anti-hero, hey, I'm an asshole, but you people like me uh, sort of deal that that is kind of going around. And yet, as irreverent as it is, it manages to sneak in a lot of, of truly emotional moments. It is a show that, that has managed to do all of that. Last year, or no, it was 2015, was when season two of Rick and Morty ended. And it ended on a pretty big cliffhanger. And the joke was, when are we getting season three? When are we getting season three? That was the big thing of 2016. Aside from other things that happened in 2016 that we nothing will not else, speak about. Nothing something else, something else happened. terrible. Nothing else happened in 2016. But that was the that as far as Rick and Morty goes, that was the big joke is when is going to be season three. So earlier this year, they finally announced that, hey, it's coming in the summer. 
in, in the summer is when season three is going to premiere. Then April 1st happened. And I don't know about you, but I was talking with a friend of mine and we were both happy that we weren't going to be at work for April Fool's because mm. serving the internet on April Fool's Day is a mixed bag. Some years you get the bard class in World of Warcraft where its mechanic was you take your keyboard and you play it like Guitar Hero, which is hilarious and which is fun. silly and great. And then you get all of the other shit. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this person announced this. Well, I can't fucking take you seriously on, on April Fool's. Come on. It's yeah. not. <clears throat> well, Adult Swim decided to do something super nice. At midnight on April 1st, they started streaming the first episode of episode of uh, season three of Rick and Morty. I heard about this. And kept streaming it all day. So we got that episode, what, like three months early. And it was a really good fucking episode. <laughs> then after, because for reasons, I was up after midnight on, uh, after midnight Pacific time on Saturday. So I was, I had the stream on background because I was just like, I was playing Mass Effect. I'm just like, I need some background noise. And this is, this, I fucking love that episode. So I had it up. When it rolled back around, they did a marathon of season one and season two. And after season two, they played the season three premiere again. And because it was why not? Just like, because why not? And it, it was great. It was like good guy, uh, adult swim slash cartoon network giving fans something that they had been asking for. And I, I think that was, that was really awesome. That was, that was the kind of April Fool's that you want to have. The only thing that I actually saw very little April Fool's shit happening, probably because it was not a work day. I think that helps. Yes. Um, the one thing I saw, and I, I still actually don't know if this was truly April Fool's or if it just happened to come out around a similar time and I only saw it on April Fool's Day. Did you see the video of Stephen Hawking looking for a new voice? I, I saw that, but I didn't read it. It is. It, the video itself is kind of awesome. It is. I, I've just explained the entire premise in one statement. It's Stephen Hawking deciding that he's going to change his iconic voice um, to something new. And so it's him auditioning a whole bunch of new voices. And that's all I'm going to say, because if you haven't seen it, it's absolutely worth watching. It is a it's it's very funny. It's a lot of very famous people making fun of themselves and their voices, which is always a joy. And as I said, I don't know if that's truly April Fool's. Um because as I said, I saw it April 1st, but it might have actually come up beforehand, but it's definitely a, a video worth Googling to see because it is super duper funny. And it's 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 a lot of really awesome people making fun of themselves in a, in a very sweet way. And Stephen Hawking, who's just amazing. I mean, he appeared on Star Trek and everything. He did. He was. I was actually telling someone today, I was reminded of a quote that was in Star Trek uh, Next Generation, which is an amazing quote. It basically is Picard telling Data that it's okay to make mistakes and that, uh, that, that they just happened. I think the quote goes, it's, it's possible to make no mistakes and still lose. Mm. That's not weakness. That's life. 
And I find that true in in board games, in in a lot of different situations. This is something I need to to keep in mind more because a lot of times I'll take stuff personally like, oh, nobody watched our stuff or very few people watch our stuff. Our subscribers are like this and that somehow that's my fault. It's not. It's just how things go. It's like, it, it's just, it's just how it is. And that's fine. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think it's also, also uh, I, I was thinking about it more. It applies to like professional athletes a lot too, because you could have someone that, that on paper and in every metric is going to be a great pick for, for, for professional sports ball. And then something happens. Either it turns out their ACL isn't as strong as everyone thought. It turns out they like gambling. It turns out they hit women. It turns out that they have some sort of chronic disease that actually limits their time in the NFL or whatever. And, and, and stuff like that happens. And it's like, it's nobody's fault. It's just life. Although I would argue that the chronic disease or maybe the accidental injury, those are, it's nobody's fault. It's just life. The uh, gambling or hitting women. That is a little bit more deterministic, <laughs> but, but you can do something about that shit. You shouldn't do something about that shit, but I agree with your overall point. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it happens on a regular basis. You do everything right and stuff still sucks. Um, and sometimes you do everything wrong and, and, amazing things happen it's that's the way the world works and it's weird and i feel like that last part is going to be used against me somehow by with re-editing and oh look what this guy <laughs> said on his podcast isn't he an asshole when Welcome like to the internet yeah i know i mean i don't think our listenership is big enough to to for that to actually happen and i don't think that you or i are going to be running for public office such that this might become a liability I, I am not running for public office ever. We ought to, though. We are so much no. better than the shit bags that are there right now. And I listen. I I don't. I have issues with a lot of the people who are in office, but I have never actually run for any uh, elected position, nor have I actually held one. So I can't for sure say that I would be better than them. And. Interestingly enough, I literally just watched a Vlogbrothers video before just about an hour or two ago. There's literally John Green talking about how he will never run for office. And it was semi tongue in cheek. It was about how if you are a politician, basically you spend your entire life in meetings and how John Green hates meetings and how he will do everything he can to get out of meetings, including 15 seconds into a meeting asking, so are we done? And how that would be awful for a politician. And like most uh, Vlogbrothers video, it had a, a cognizant point that you should watch the video and go see. But it was a reminder that there are many, 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 many wonderful, intelligent people who understand that even the best of us, politics is exactly what that Star Trek quote is about. You could do everything right and still fail. And fail publicly and spectacularly. And so, yeah, I don't know if I'd be any better as a politician than any of the politicians we currently have. I would like to think so. I would like to think I would have, I would try to do better for the people that I'm representing than some of the people. Although I live in Washington state and we've got some pretty liberal representatives. So I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I'm pretty happy with my representatives, but 
you know what? I'm not going to throw stones in my little glass house. And I know that that job sucks. I guess, I guess we, well, it's just tough to have empathy for those people sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Especially the ones that, that, that decide, hey, we're going to, we're going to declare war on, on women's rights. Well, why? Because we're white men. Yeah. Now, the moments that I usually, that I stop having empathy are for the people who want to, who either want to vote against raising the minimum wage or, and then give themselves a, a pay raise or the moments in where they want to fight against universal health care while they have probably the best health care on the planet for the rest of their lives. So those are the hypocrisy moments that I get kind of pissed off about. But uh, that's that is politics. Oh, God, we started with overeating. and We ended with politics. What does that say about us? I think we should end on something else. And I can't for the life of me think of what that could be, except Mass Effect Andromeda has been interesting as fuck. Although I do have notions about several story bits and I, I don't, I don't know because I, I haven't gotten into spoilers and I'm not going to say exactly what these notions are because again, spoilers, they could be right. But there was, Thank you. there was something that I, when I first started out the game and played through a bit, I'm like, I think this is like that. And I just got to a point where I, I and then that was that was confirmed ish when I was running around collecting like like data pads and audio logs and stuff. And then it was confirmed for me in a bit I just played. So I'm wondering what other notions I have. And I have a couple more mm. are correct. And the problem is, if I am correct, then that would have made Andromeda a really bad game. Uh, because you figured it out or be, or you would be unhappy with those results? Because Both. I would have figured it out and it would have been, uh, uh, it, it would have been because of those results, because of, of lazy storytelling. See, I'd like to think, okay, so this, the second half of that, the, that you're unhappy with the results, yeah, I totally get that. I don't necessarily think you figuring out what's going on is automatically a bad thing. I could, I could say that that's good writing and good foreshadowing and you being smart enough to put the, the dots together. That if it was a story beat that was totally out of left field that didn't make any sense as far as the progression in the plot, that'd be bad. Um, but if if they're laying out clues and you've been able to put them together into a, a cognizant picture of, of what's going on i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing i think that could be good writing and you being smart but if if what you think is happening is something you are unhappy with that's that's a different story i will say and you can tell me whether this is it's tiny little mild spoiler thing after months of avoiding all kinds of coverage of this game and having now played it for a little while not very long and still avoiding spoilers of all things today i intentionally went and looked up something that could be a spoiler uh and it was it was prompted by basically something else that i saw on the internet that made me reconsider whether i wanted to uh 
whether I wanted to know whether the character I was thinking about romancing was a romance option because I saw an article that was basically about the issues. It was about some of the the patches that are happening in the next drop from uh, Bioware for Andromeda on uh, a whole bunch of different of changes and things. And apparently some of them included expanding the options for some of the male male relationships. And I didn't read any further in that article because I didn't want to be terribly spoiled. And I walked away and I said, wait a second, because usually these games are pretty good about telegraphing. If you start to, uh, hit the flirt button on somebody, whether they'll actually respond to you or not. And then I started second guessing myself and I decided to look to make sure that my, my potential romance was actually romanceable. And I don't know if you want me to say, but I will say that, yes, I found out that she is, so I'm okay. But I yeah, actually, I, that's my spoiler. My one thing that I've been spoiled on. I, I flirt with everything. I still flirt with everything. I can't. I, I met, I'll, I'll, I'll meet a computer and, and it might have like, it might have an interesting looking arm. And if a flirt option comes up with that computer, I'm going to flirt with it <laughs> because I flirt with everything. <laughs> well, I guess you're consistent. And that's what's important. Well, we had a lot of fun today and you just to roll down our normal credits. Uh, our announcer is Bob Ball. Our music is done by Linnea Boyev. I am a book. Uh, You're a book crazy? crazy. I know. I, Damn. What, what, what was I, I? I don't even know where my mind was going. She is Oboe Crazy. She can be reached at, at Oboe Crazy on Twitter. I am Jonathan, aka Roadblock. You can reach me at road underscore block. And he is Jack Edithil. He can be reached at, at Jack Edithil. And we can all be reached at Glibshark. So Yay. follow us and keep up to date on the show and subscribe to us on YouTube and Twitch. That we are on both of those. We stream on Twitch and we have streaming days sometimes. We'll stream. I, I mean, I would imagine that at some point coming up, we're going to stream some, some Mass Effect multiplayer again. I really want to do that. I would and, like to get far enough in the game to be able to do that. Yes. And then we also, those videos end up on YouTube. I am not being super concise right now, so I will go ahead and stop. But anyway, from all of us at Glipshark, thank you so much for showing up tonight and Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.